Thank you for joining us today for Property Talk from Louise's Lounge. My name is Louise Heatley and I'm Managing Director of Exclusive Links Real Estate. I've been in the real estate market in Dubai for 16 years, so I know a few things and I know a few people. And through our podcast series, it's an opportunity for us to bring some insights into the Dubai real estate market, to discuss some interesting topics and also to have some guest attendees and it's an opportunity for you to meet some of the team. So on today's podcast series, we're going to talk about the differences between the Abu Dhabi market and Dubai property market. Today we have our Abu Dhabi partners, Henry Wiltshire International. We have Andrew Corval, owner and director, and we have director of international sales, Jessica Gain. Andrew has 30 years of international sales experience encompassing development, sales and marketing, investments and real estate. Having prior experience in the London markets, he moved to Abu Dhabi in 2008 and he's a key figure in both the local Abu Dhabi market and property in London investments. Jessica has also worked in property for over 30 years, starting her career in Hong Kong for a UK-based company. She now works as Director of International Sales for Henry Wiltshire International and although she does a lot of international sales she's very active in the Abu Dhabi market and in particular on Sadiat. So Andrew, Jessica, welcome. Morning. Thank you, Thank you for joining us Thank today. You. How was your trip down from Abu Dhabi? Pretty easy actually, pretty okay. good. Yeah. Good good run yeah, down. Easy yeah. run. No no, no COVID tests on the way in, so that was great. But maybe on the way back. Yeah, yeah, way back. I think we've got okay. to, yeah. Well thank you for joining us. And Andrew, can you tell us a little bit how about Henry Wiltshire International and how long you've been established in Abu Dhabi? Sure, yeah. Um, I set up in Abu Dhabi in two thousand fourteen. Henry Wiltshire was already established in London, Hong Kong, Singapore for around five years before that. Uh, and there was a lot of synergy between the offices. The Asian offices typically did a lot of international sales, selling London property and working between the two. So we set up Abu Dhabi purely to be between them, to continue the international sales network. But also I've been working in the local Abu Dhabi market for some time, so I wanted to bring the local dimension to the business. Um, so yeah, 2014 we kicked off, just when things were pretty busy again, following uh, a big slump. As we then know, it went into another slump. So as, as we're used to here in the UAE, you know, riding the ups and downs. How um, is it now? Now, very busy, uh, very good. Um, lack of stock is the big big issue. I don't know, you know, I'm sure we're talking so, a bit yeah. about Dubai and Abu Dhabi and yeah. how they compare, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people looking to buy, which is great. A lot of people coming out of rented, but um, suddenly we're really seeing a lack of stock. Yeah, so definitely the same as Dubai and yeah. uh, trying to match the uh, demand and the supply out in. So Jessica, obviously I'm from the Dubai property market, yourselves from the Abu Dhabi market. What are the main differences between the two markets, do you see? Well, well I th as Andrew said, I think possibly we, we, we're becoming more aligned. We always used to think that Dubai, there was more choice, there were more compounds, um, you had more areas to live. When you come up to Abu Dhabi, you're actually quite, certainly from the buying perspective, you're very restricted because there are still areas you can't buy if you're not an Emirati. Um, within the rental market, the, the communities, the choice of communities is much, much less. So people arrive and they have, they have, they're fixated on a particular area. And what we're finding now is if you can't find what you want in that area, 
the idea that you wait and something will come along, it just isn't happening. So from the rental market, if I can't find something on Sadiat, the, the obvious next place to go would be yes, but we're having now the same problem in yes. And as you just said, the lack of stock, um, particularly in the villa market, you know, families that want three, four bed villas, families with small children, we just, you know, supply is not there. Mm. We've had some new communities come on, like Yas Acres and West Yas, but they're immediately full, particularly villas, and I think it's something that's yeah. been seen the world over with mm. COVID, obviously people moving from apartments mm. to villas. But, um, yeah, I mean, we have seen a lot of new people coming in, and even with high budgets. I mean, you had someone the other day. I've got uh, clients with budgets of 700,000, which is a very hefty budget. Hefty yeah. budget. And I've got three or four in that market who want, who specifically want yet, and they just won't consider anything else. Mm. And I have nothing to offer them, absolutely nothing. Um, and they, they say, oh, well, we'll wait, we'll wait. But, you know, they've been waiting all summer. And you, traditionally, there's a changeover in September because families go back to the UK particularly or Europe when schools start. Um, they go away for their summer holidays. They expect when they come back, there's been a handover and people have left. And whilst some people have left, a lot of these properties are not actually coming onto the market. They are being handed over to friends or word of mouth before yeah. before it even hits the it's market. It's not even being advertised no. because no. it's already gone before that. So if you took a typical sort of family home, maybe a three or four bedroom, what would you have been able to rent them for and what what would they be now if the demand is so strong and the supply, it's obviously affecting the, the budget. So if you took a traditionally right budget, of, of a rental budget, what was that and what would it be now? We would have said originally, certainly sort of between Al-Raha, Yas and Sadiat, if you had between 230 to 280, you could have got a four bed villa, mm. depending on which of those areas you were looking at. Now you're looking at starting at 280 and even on Sadiat now, they've gone up to 450. And that's I suppose a, get a them. four bedroom in Sadiat, that used to be what? A four bedroom in Sadiat used to be, a, if, if it wasn't a townhouse, it used to be around the 300, 320 mark. They're now 450. Mm -hmm. And that's in the last six months or Gosh, so. Yeah, it's purely the supply yeah. and demand ratio. I guess they're not renting in huge numbers. You know, it is such a limited supply yeah. that's yeah. obviously pushing it up. And there's enough people to satisfy that demand, mm -hmm. probably with a company budget who will pay people will what they pay need it. to pay. Yeah. Well, and that's it. They're, they're, people are they're, they're expect they're prepared to lower their expectations on the size or even the location. We've got one villa next to the Etislat mast. Now, everybody, well, not everybody, but a number of people have a thing that they don't want the families next to mast, the radiation, whatever. Um, we, that would always traditionally be really, really hard to rent. Mm. Um, and you'd have to drop the budget considerably. Now, it's the only one available. So yeah. if somebody wants to live on Sadiat, that's the villa they have to take. They'll take it, yeah, and it will probably yeah. go. And it, and it will go. Yeah. Yes. What's the popular about Sadiat? It's never schooling, been. <laughs> it's the beach, it's the that. golf course, yeah. it's so and, and, and again because of the lack of supply it has a sort of cachet of its own you know. The Hamptons of Abu Dhabi one local yeah. client said it's it to me and it's, 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 it's very true in a way you've got the lovely beach best beach in the UAE yeah. we believe you know you, as you say you've got the golf there's a lovely beach club you've got schools moving in but there's space and it feels nice yet it's only 10-15 minutes into the city yeah so, so there's a lot the of demand. Yeah. lifestyle yeah. yeah that dream yeah. lifestyle so what about the sales market you've talked about the rental prices there what's happening with your sales market is that demand as much 
Yeah, I mean, across the board, um, I mean, from Raha Beach is, you know, obviously a very established um, apartment community. We're, we've got a lot of people moving from rented to sales there. There's no villas in Raha Beach? Not really. There's some townhouses, um, villas now on Yas Island, but so, again, villas is very much in demand. But, but good quality apartments with a sea view, quality is prevailing and everyone's still, again, both rental and sales, mm. uh, going, going for the quality or the best view. So, I mean, in Albandar is a very popular marina development, and we had five three-bedroom apartments until quite recently. They've been on the market for some time. Prices have sort of come down to a point, and then suddenly we sold them all. Mm. And Just we got had three to the right price yeah, point. Three people yeah. disappointed and, you know, having to look elsewhere. Um, lesser communities without the view, without the facilities, without the beach are sticking. You know, there's, mm. there needs to be more of a, a price differential. But to answer your question on sales um, elsewhere, um, yeah, I mean, villas in Sadiot, again, if well, we hop back to that at the upper end of the market. Upper end of the mm. market, but the, what, what is happening is, again, due to the lack of stock available, when one sells, the word gets out it reached six million, say, for a townhouse. So the next person puts theirs on at 6.5 that one sells and the next one puts on at seven. There then comes a, we've now got a couple of villas in the market where the seller's expectations have far outstripped where the buyers are at. Mm. So they're sticking. They're not getting these higher prices. Mm. They are the only ones available. Now in six months time, it might be the normal price, but the buyers aren't there yet. So people are overpricing mm. now. So buyers are actually realizing that and going, Do you know what? No, and then the property well, is all overpriced. I mean, but I, I think, think the buyers will get there. I think the buyers, if they mm. want to be there, will finally, in six months, that's what I'm saying, six months' time, the buyers will say, well, that is the price mm. I have to pay if I want to be here. Mm. It's funny you're, you're saying that. I think we felt like we had that market a few months ago, and now we're finding prices like that are sticking, and maybe in some of the communities that have gone really high, excessively high, they're having to maybe rethink because buyers are just like... No, so you're just seeing not. a gap between buyers it, and it's, sellers? It's and, gone yeah. when something isn't priced right because it like that, yeah. it's just another million, yeah. another million, and it just keeps going up. It's not a realistic incline. It's not a realistic price. And I think buyers are sometimes like, okay, well, and, enough now. And bank valuations are holding it up as well. You know, they're well, not getting they're not the bank valuations. Value but the bank valuations we're finding are not in sync either because mm. the value will look at the previous sold price and that might have been six, nine months ago because we don't have the stock and they're not realising not that consistent. we are achieving these higher prices because up till now the buyers have been prepared to pay it. Mm. It's just gone a bit over the top now. Yeah, as it did in Dubai. What are the differences in Dubai? If we take one of your high-end properties, say we take something in Sadiat. Golf course villa maybe. Yeah, and we want to compare it with something in Dubai. What would be the price variances? I mean, again, very limited options before was say a golf course community it was just Sadiat Beach Villas that was the only one in Abu Dhabi and to get one on the golf course they built them all very large at the beginning sort of 8,000 to 14,000 square feet. Oh wow, um, built so, up area. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Built up. So anything on the golf course was big so to get the smallest one yeah it was around 8,000 at around 15 million. Um, Yas Acres has now come along with a nine-hole golf course, very nicely done in the middle, and they put some slightly smaller villas, so you've got four or five bedrooms there at five to 6,000 square feet. They're now um, five, six million, something like that, so okay. it's, it's quite a good entry point, which I think is probably okay. more similar to some of uh, your communities I'm thinking, here. I'm thinking of places like Jumeirah Golf Estates or here and having around that mm. same size. 
I don't know, maybe we might be a little bit higher here. Right. On some prices. And you've seen the villa prices move yeah, up quite a lot. Yeah, they have, exactly yeah. what you said yourselves. Yeah. Everybody wants yeah. to try and get in the villas. Yeah. And there was a huge opportunity in Dubai last year where a lot of prices came down. But now we've we've come back. We, you know, we're back to sort of 2020 early prices yeah. when things started to go up again. Yeah. So, okay. So I thought, I thought you might have been a little bit more expensive than us. So. Well, I think traditionally it has been, but mm. I think, and I was saying this on the rentals, looking at the comparison on rentals, originally clients would come up to Abu Dhabi and be horrified at how expensive it was to rent and how little outside space they tended to get. But as you've built more and more communities, and we haven't really, mm. I think the, the prices are, are much more comparable now. Mm. So we have a very fiercely competitive market in Dubai. I'm sure you do in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. What are your buyer tips? If somebody wants to get into a market where it's very competitive, do you have any tips for the buyers? What they should be doing to make sure that they can secure the property that they want? I guess the first thing is, you know, do your research and be prepared. And that's where we can help them. Uh, talk about the right communities, really establish what they want. Um, uh, get bank finance is you know really probably number one we try and direct people to the banks first to make sure they know what they can afford how much is going to cost them how much the down payment to be we had the recent relaxation of the uh, central bank rules so people can now borrow a little bit more which a lot of people aren't aware of so we've got some very good relationships with the banks and we get people pre-approved so preparation I guess is the key as we see a lot of agents just offering people and they, they don't necessarily give them the right advice at the beginning mm. and they know what they're looking at or know mm. how much they can afford. They just want to get them out into viewing, yeah. showing them properties. And I think people see a whole load of stuff they, they don't necessarily want or can't afford mm. or whatever. So I think preparation, going out and seeing the right thing mm. and then being realistic again yeah. on and, the prices. And I think particularly now, going back to the lack of stock, is advising them that you know waiting another six months is not necessarily going to help you no. because if you do you're going to lose this one and we may not get a better one yeah um, and because so many people have come in and they just see there's only one of the type they want available going back to Sadiat a four bed we've got three in the market two of which are not anywhere near the best and one very very good one but if they've only seen three villas they don't feel they've seen enough yeah. so they there's say we'll wait yeah. and if you wait, either the prices are going to go up, which some people have been priced off sadly at, they simply can't afford it because the prices have gone so far in the six months, or you know they end up having nothing because they don't mm. get anything better and somebody else mm. buys the one they saw. And it's not a sales technique, is it, by saying to the client, I'm please sorry, believe me. but yes, this, please is, believe this me. is going yeah. to go, and then yes. six months later they're like, oh, oops. And you feel you should be yeah. showing them more and you want to show them more so yeah. they've got a good overview. I mean, you have a lot more communities here and a lot more stock, but I guess you've got a lot more people as well. Mm. So do you have a similar issue? Yeah, it's doing that enough? Reiki yeah. and showing around. But what mm. used to happen is you'd have sort of five, six, seven different properties mm. and you'll find the same property being shown mm. by multiple agents. Yes. But I agree exactly what you say is get your research done first. Mm -hmm. Go out and find particularly what your finances can afford. You have to compromise as well. What mm. are you willing to compromise mm. on? because you know, properties yeah, yeah. aren't going to tick every single no. box. Yeah. There has to be something that you might have to compromise and, on. And, and I think you have, a, 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 you have an advantage over us in the fact that the listings of properties have to be verified and everything here. So you know, if somebody comes to you and says there are 10 villas in this compound, you know there probably are 10. 
they can look on Property Finder and Abu Dhabi and because the agents don't have to have verified, okay. a lot of the listings may, may have sold, may not be available and you end up having clients that don't believe you when you say there are only three villas in this price range on right. Sadat. They say, well, we've seen seven or 10 or 15 listed. And it's, it's that, it's that mm. where I think it, that you have more regulations here mm. than we have in Abu Dhabi. What's the reason for that? Because I agree with you. It's a, we like that feature on Property Finder, the fact we that love it's verified, verified feature. Yeah. by yes. three agents because it reduces the ones that aren't. Yeah. Why? And in some cases, there mm. is legitimate reasons yeah. why we can't verify. But as you say, there can be 10 of the same property. It's yeah. only one but it, it, it's misleading yes. to the clients of what's actually available and it's in, in Dubai, you have to have your form A to advertise at all, don't you? Yeah, so we have to we have, have all have the documentation. So, so they do check yeah. the signatures on the forms that the owners have signed to make sure they match the ID, that the title deed. They do check a lot of information to make sure that that owner has mm. obviously authorised you to market it. And, you know, it is a feature I like because you yeah, want so the market to be... Mm realistic yes. you know you want only one property to be shown yeah. to actually show the clients it is the only one for sale yeah. yeah so what other things do you face obviously you've got a issue with stock at the moment what are the other challenges you face as being doing real estate in Abu Dhabi is there any other agents the lack of regulation <laughs> means it's it's an easy market to abuse really so you I mean, don't we have all think, really we, we all think we do things perfectly and obviously we, we try and do yeah. things as well as we can and professionally and we self-regulate as much as possible, you know, the verified how we do things, how we offer things, how we put our listings. You have to have your own standards, yes, don't you? Absolutely. Which is why we partner with yes. you. Because but sadly there yeah. are a lot of unscrupulous agents who just pay no attention to that. You know, I was speaking to one landlord last night where there's a high-end premium villa on the golf course, mid-twenties for sale. And he's got people, you know, knocking on his door, coming to his office. Uh, we've got it exclusively. We have an arrangement. It incentivizes other agents to come and work with us. Yet people are still knocking on his door and uh, trying to come to him direct yeah, because there's, there's the still, you know, those sort of agents in the market and some of them operating out the back of the car. They don't have licensed offices. And, uh, and you know, it just, it's not a, you know, unfortunately it just distorts the market for, you know, and buyers yeah. see things. That are not and, and I, I'm an owner of a villa, and the villas, the owner's list has been sold. So I get I get calls probably every week from an agent saying, "I want to sell your villa. I think it's you know you want to sell." And I've never approached them, but because they've got my phone number, mm. so they're ringing all the owners regularly, and it's it's a huge issue. Yeah, yeah. we have that in Dubai as well. It's, uh, yeah. We want the markets to be as. Um, transparent and as honest as possible for the people who yes. want to be in the market for us as agents for companies and for sellers and buyers but I agree it's a huge problem anything else other than agents <laughs> um, how is your obviously we have Dubai land department we have RERA what are the regulations in Abu Dhabi in that regard do you transfer properties at a land registry office you do the yes, developers for two or three years now we've we used to do all the transfers in the developers office um, but we now do it in Abu Dhabi municipality okay. uh, so it's been a bit of a, a moving feast and regulations and process has been slowly changing um, things have been getting more and more efficient so you know we have a process to work with the developers NOC and then we go to municipality to do the transfer 
Um, of all the properties registered with yes. the municipality now, yeah. and not just with the developer. Yeah, it's, it's taken some time, but um, you know, some people weren't getting those title deeds, and we were having to encourage them to do that. People left it too long and started incurring fees. So again, we always mm. try and help people and give them the right mm. advice. But uh, but yeah, the the, the system uh, is now that we do everything in municipality, which. Equivalent of your land department, okay. I guess. And how much are your land registration fees? It's two percent, okay. uh, typically. Um, historically, it was always on the buyer. Sometimes it's shared now. Okay. I think you're forced. We're four percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We That's increased in uh, October 2013 from how, two to four. How is that typically paid? Is that half buyer, um, half seller? Or? If you look at sort of the rules and regulations, it'll say two percent, two percent seller, two percent buyer. Um, but technically, it's always going to be the buyer, buyer. that pays it Does because yeah. ultimately they pay the top they put price, the price yeah. up, yeah. and then everything gets taken off that, yeah. if you like. So yeah, it's technically the buyers, yeah. So yeah. same. Um, so with regards to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, we have a, a partnership, so we can obviously help your clients with the Dubai market and our clients with the Abu Dhabi market. We do what we do best, and we we, we stick to our own Emirates. What about the cross-bordering? Do you see a lot of your clients in Abu Dhabi wanting to move or, or um, invest in Dubai, or are they very loyal to the Abu Dhabi market? Uh, I think investment-wise, yes, people are always keen to look in both Emirates. Uh, with the restrictions recently, it's sort of hampered that a little bit, but I know we used to have a lot of uh, interaction. I'm seeing that going up more and more between mm. our offices now, which is good. Um, we're seeing quite a few people moving interestingly from Dubai to Abu Dhabi. There's been a lot of government investment, a lot of the uh, big entities in Abu Dhabi are hiring at a senior level from Dubai and overseas, so you know that's changing quite a bit. I know we've always referred a lot to you for property management in Dubai, a lot of our landlords already have portfolios here. Mm. So uh, you know, I, I th again, I think with the restrictions it's mm. hampered it somewhat, but that seems to be moving up and up a bit, yeah. and hopefully our international referrals will start increasing as well as yeah. we start to get people travelling again. Good. I was spe speaking of international yeah. uh, investments. How is that going? Well, I think, you know, COVID has put the kibosh on everything for a, for a time because people didn't want to buy without viewing. And there's only a limit. You know, you can do a lot on videos, but people, especially from here, I think, I think, you know, having a Hong Kong office, you will find that they will buy unseen. I don't think many people from this region will buy unseen. It's so close to go. And the reason, unless it's a pure investment, the reason most of them are buying is, is a family home, a holiday home. I mean, the pure investors will, but then it'd be off plan, and so they wouldn't go and see it naturally anyway. Okay. Um, so the off plan's still yeah. okay, and that's yeah. a lot of local UAE residents. Yes. I mean, I, I, I think from, from my, my perspective, the sort of clients I have, um, most of them are wanting to buy a second home or a home for their children or i mean the emiratis have always invested fairly heavily in london anyway and london is our primary market um and they always have and they've always invested in central london there's been a that that's the family link if if they've been investing for a pure investment sake then yes they may be looking at manchester or or areas outside london because in the last few years those areas have done very well mm. Um, but yes, COVID, it's only now that people are starting to travel and, and the UK still does have restrictions so it's still not easy to get yeah. back to, to the UK. Yeah. So I, I, can, I soon, think but, by yeah. the summer, you know, now, now, we've, sorry, now we've had the summer and people haven't been able to go as they would normally for their summer holidays, the sort of September, October market, people are starting to say, right, 
we would maybe go and do the five days quarantine. It's, it's reduced to five days in a mm. hotel. That's manageable. Mm. Um, so you'll see it starting to pick up I, where more yes. local UAE residents, yes. nationals, will actually start travelling to go and find yes. international Exactly. Well, I know you've got quite a few families yes. that have been talking about it for a while. Yes, they've been waiting and waiting, saying, look, we can't do the... Because, because the UAE has been the red list country, and that's yeah. 10 days in a hotel. That's just too yeah. much. You so just put everything on hold. Yes, they have. Yeah. That's good. It's hopefully with the and luckily the local yes. market yeah. kept us very yes. busy in the meantime. So it does exactly. Yeah. It's, we've had enough yes. internally. Mm. And will you be coming down for the expo? Oh yes, sure. yeah. Will you come and visit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were just driving past it this morning. Actually, Did you go? So I can't believe it's only next month. Yeah. Gosh, I know. I know. I've seen a few yeah. video clips. It looks uh, amazing. We just yeah. hope we get everybody that no, wants to come in to see it's it. It's going to be amazing for the yeah. you know, whole it's of the UAE. Really, I think all of the UAE. Yeah, as you say, it's not just about Dubai. It's as you say that I think there is a lot of cross. Bordering and, well, and because it's between the two borders, it's really between Abu Dhabi and yeah, Dubai. It's right, it's on, that right on that border. So, yeah. well, so still exciting, uh, incredibly Future. busy, yeah. incredibly <laughs> busy. Yes, I think the funny thing is, not many of us have really had holidays, so we've been working all the way through. Um, we managed to take a short break last week, but apart from that, it's been 18 months, yeah. and there's been so much work to keep us busy and yeah. talking to other people. You know, when people have taken four or six weeks off, everyone's just, you know, continued. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think there's I th enough to go around and keep yeah. us all... I think you know. also, I, I was thinking about it this morning, I was like, you know, as you get busier and more things happen, you just want to keep that speed yes. up and you want to think of more things. You don't want to sit back and relax. You actually want to ride it while, while the plan is there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be busy then, hopefully, for the next... Uh, yeah, I hope so. The rest of the year, for sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I really appreciate you both coming down. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks I know it's been a long yeah. journey, but yeah. I haven't seen you for a while, I, so it's a good time, opportunity yes. to get you down here. And okay. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure. Thanks us. for having Thanks. us. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast series today. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And as always, if there's anything that you want us to, to discuss in future, any topic suggestions, please do let us know. Thank you and tune in again soon.